Hi, this is Karan. Hi, this is Mohit. Hey, this is Aditya. And welcome to the Boiled Egg Podcast. Hello listeners and thanks for tuning into the podcast. Today we speak about all things nutrition with Dr. Varuna Rao. Dr. Varuna is a nutrition and wellness expert, a PhD certified one at that and also a diabetes educator. She also runs a popular blog on all things nutrition called Beyond Nutrition. You can find it at beyondnutrition.com. So we speak to her on all things nutrition. She shares her insights on how to live and eat healthy, why nutrition matters. and she also shares tips and tricks on how to eat healthy without it being an enormous effort we also discuss the future of nutrition and how technology is enabling people to live healthy it's been a great conversation so let's dive right into it thank you so much for agreeing to do this i think we could probably start off with a brief introduction about you and what you do i've taken the liberty to introduce you but would love to hear from you I am a nutrition expert by profession and uh, a health enthusiast and a wellness coach. Um, I have pursued a very boring degree, which is PhD in nutrition. But uh, the cho- topic of choice was very interesting. It was all to do with consumer research because end of the day, you know, the products that you're talking about should, should resonate with the customer. And uh, my specialization basically uh, lies in holistic well-being and. Uh, you know not in deprivation or elimination of a particular food it's how you can make your diet sustainable uh, and something that is very very holistic and should you know make you, the whole idea is that you have to make those small uh, doable uh, lifestyle related changes that become a habit with you so that's that's my basic philosophy i don't believe in depriving somebody of you know a particular food group and uh, I totally believe that weight loss is a byproduct if you follow the you know healthy routine. It's not weight loss oriented, unlike you know the current diets that are there in the market. It has to be sustainable. Is something that I you know completely believe in. I think that 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 makes sense. It's a it's a much more uh, doable approach compared to quite a few diets that we have where it's complete elimination of most food groups. In fact. correct absolutely uh, and yeah all of the, those are trends every two years you'll get a new uh, trend the market yeah yeah and uh, the flip side is all this information is so you know widely available on the internet people don't hesitate you know from trying these because you know end of the day it is food people think what wrong can go you know if i experiment with, with you know something which is a food related item unlike medicines you have so much data on webmed 1mg but you know there is a chemical or a chemical uh, name or something that can immediately impact your health so people will not go by the advice that's there on the internet they will do their background research but will ultimately go to a doctor unlike nutrition where you know you will google a keto diet and you will start using a keto diet not understanding whether it works for you it, it does not work for you what could be the long standing hazards of a keto diet for your body type so uh, the dearth of informa- the abundance of information actually is a you know big hazard to this to to one's lifestyle because you know people openly adapt to it they read and they don't mind using it for a couple of months or weeks and they again fall off the bandwagon true <laughs> that's very true i've i've done that myself so i'll 
I'll vouch for that 100%. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, speaking about the keto diet and everything, I mean, let's just get to probably weight loss, which is where most people end up probably speaking to a nutritionist or, uh, you know, get in touch with someone who can help them and all of that. And if the goal is to lose weight, the basic common sense is that we need to cut down calories. Calories in, calories out. That difference is where you're losing weight. But that also leads to something that I've noticed. I mean, struggling with weight all my life is that it also leads to a lot of, uh, you know, essential nutrients or micronutrients being cut out of this. So the question is probably two-pronged. One is, I think the first part where what's your take on the keto diet and all of that you already shared. But the second thing is, can things like this be solved by, you know, probably supplementing with my multivitamins or things like that? So, what's your take on that? Weight loss will never work in isolation. Alright, means okay. you cannot adapt. So, there are multiple aspects uh, which have led to this weight increase. We need to understand the, the you know, uh, the very basic of why you are suffering. You as in any individual is suffering from a weight issue or can be overweight, it can be underweight, whether it is a hormonal issue, whether it is a lifestyle related issue, whether it is, you know, a genetic issue, we need to understand and get into the root cause and then cater it there. So like you said, calorie in, calorie out, uh, you know, on a grassroots level is the thumb rule that people follow. But one has to be very conscious that this calorie in that is, you know, going, what is the source of that calorie? If you're supposed to have a hundred calorie in a day, for example, I'm giving you a random example. Uh, is it okay to have a glass of fruit juice uh, versus an apple, a glass of an apple juice versus a whole apple? So if you ask me that calorie in from that intact apple is a more reasonable and a more judicious uh, choice that one should make versus a glass of juice because, you know, there are multiple things that if you have a glass of juice, it's pure sugar, there is no fiber in it, you suddenly have an insulin surge, which in turn leads to further fat deposition in the body. So what is... What is the source of this calorie that, that's going in is very, very critical here. So, uh, let's say, you know, the person, whoever is going into a calorie deficit diet has taken control of, you know, of this key ingredient that is, you know, uh, responsible for the calorie in and it's a holistically well-balanced uh, ingredient like whole grains or millets versus refined flour. In that case, if there is an underlying deficiency that is seen, a clinical deficiency, which normally you will see, you know, deficiencies like vitamin D, vitamin B12, you, uh, you know, might see deficiencies with folic acid. Only in that case, supplementations uh, should be taken to basically cover the gap for a known clinical deficiency. Otherwise, you know, uh, even in vitamins and minerals, there are certain vitamins that are fat soluble. There are certain vitamins that are water soluble. So there is no harm in going overboard in the water soluble because end of the day the ones that are not absorbed are eliminated from the body but right. the ones that are fat soluble are stored in the body you know like like uh, so that's why people say that don't overdo these copper bottles because in the long run there can be a deposition in the body which in turn can harm your organs so you have to be very judicious about the kind of you know supplements that you're taking it should only be to address any underlying clinical known deficiency that is there Otherwise, if you know all your parameters are fine, you there is no need, and the bioavailability of any vitamin and mineral is far better from a fruit or a vegetable or a food origin versus you know a pharmaceutical supplement. 
but yes where it is necessary it, it it definitely has to be addressed because you know it can in turn lead to other issues in the body like you know vitamin d ha- if you have a deficiency of vitamin d you are prone to xyz diseases similarly with vitamin b12 so in order to compensate it's wise to use supplementation and where you can do with natural sources you should always go with natural sources because the bioavailability is far better i have one question uh, yes. related to intermittent fasting uh, so uh, i i uh, did follow intermittent fasting for a while because i clearly wanted to lose uh, a little bit of weight and earlier you mentioned that uh, uh, if you consume food like uh, like say a glass of juice or etc uh, it leads to insulin spike and i noticed that after consuming food after a break of like 15 hours or 12 hours i did see insulin spikes in my own body so does intermittent fasting end up being counter to the goal of losing so weight so it depends on how you breaking your fast with what is it what was the first meal that you had after this 11 12 hours of fasting now intermittent fasting uh, is something which has been glorified mm-hmm. and if you look back it is something that we have followed for centuries you know intermittent fasting is something which is there in our culture from like donkey's years i my my grandfather my maternal grandfather he's still alive he's 100 plus until date he finishes his dinner at 536 you know and that the and i asked him mm. nanaji why do you finish your dinner like at 536 he said he said you know that's what we used to do we used to come back we we were farmers it used to be late in the night and we don't eat after sunset because there was no electricity you, you don't know what you're eating so you have to be cognizant about what you're eating and this was you know basically the fundamental and that's how our circadian rhythm our body clock is designed it's now glorified as intermittent fasting wet dry 12 14 but this is something that we've been following for centuries it's like stating the obvious in a much more glorified manner it definitely works it's very much in sync with our genetic uh, memory and uh, you know it depends now what did you eat the first thing in the morning you know the the composition of what you're eating in the morning makes a lot of difference so typically you should start your day with a with one or two glasses of water and don't have fruit juices you you know it will be beautiful if you can have a glass of vegetable juice it can be celery it can be spinach it can be wheat grass mm. it can be beetroot and carrot uh, well in combination with some greens and uh, that will basically alkaline your alkalize your body and unlike of you know of simple fruit sugar going in like an like a apple juice or uh, you know if you're having some kind of a smoothie or any kind of a fruit juice which again will you know create a spike because of the high fructose content and no fiber in it sure uh there's actually a friend of mine who uh, followed the the keto diet for a good 6 uh, mm-hmm. months and he lost a lot of weight uh so we had this long debate about you know this diet not being sustainable etc but then his argument was that he was able to lose the weight and then maintain it mm-hmm. while switching out of a keto diet so uh is is that uh, an anomaly or is that uh, well, like true like can 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 someone sustain their weight after getting out of a keto diet definitely put on weight what is ketosis uh, ke- uh, ketosis is a state where you know uh, you are not giving your body any carbohydrates you are creating a situation where the body is forced to mobilize its fat stores now if the fat stores that are existing in the body have been mobilized it starts to burn to cater to all your regular energy needs of course you will see a great amount of fat reduction 
I'm not saying keto diet is good or it is bad. It totally depends on what kind of a person you are, whether you have a history of cardiovascular disease, whether you have a genetic predisposition of, you know, uh, fat accumulation in the body. It there are a lot of factors, so it has to be, uh, you know, uh, somebody has to adapt to a keto diet only after thorough consultation with with a diet expert. And switching off from keto, of course, will again, you know. Now again, it will depend. After keto, you are again going back to your lifestyle. Pre-keto days, you will again start to accumulate fat. So yeah. let's say you know you work out and you you have hit mm. a plateau and you're not losing weight. You want to do it for a month or two because in the long run, it's not sustainable the amount of fat that goes in. Now one has to be very cognizant about you know what is the composition of this fat. Don't like you know you can have bacon's and all that stuff, but you cannot be loading your diet with only bacon's. You have to be you have to be conscious about the kind of protein sources you are eating. You cannot have like you know tons of ghee and butter. It has to be more of a monounsaturated fatty acid and a you know a, a basically uh, um, your oil seed based uh, like coconut oil is there. Your flaxseed oil is there. Avocados are there. You cannot just say that if I am supposed to have X percentage of fat, it can come from any source. So in the for the long run means if you ask me i don't think it's a sustainable model because you don't know as you age how this high content of fat in your diet will you know precipitate in your body so if you have hit a plateau you want to you know break that plateau and see some weight loss to again you know motivate you and get you back on track but post that you have to be very very uh, cognizant of you know what you are eating you just cannot go back to your old ways which led to weight gain weight gain basically So what you're clearly saying is, before like picking any diet, Absolutely. just talk to your nutritionist, talk to an expert, because it will depend on your your metabolism and your Absolutely. any pre-existing conditions. And the second piece is uh, your choice Absolutely. of uh, nutrition sources, uh, uh, which is super important in uh, how you end up sort of like consuming all of your daily required. And around twenty to twenty-five percent protein. But what is the source of this protein? What is the source of this fat? What is the makeup of this fat? Is it okay that this entire eighty percent is ghee? Is it okay this entire you know fifty to eighty percent is butter? No, it's not. You need to balance it. Yeah, that's an interesting. That's an interesting point you brought up because when I was going through my weight loss journey, I was like, I'll just pop yeah. a. Uh, you know, multivitamin <laughs> to uh, to uh, to compensate for uh, you know the nutrition deficiency. Yeah. I think I think I would like your view on uh, you know what Mohit was doing some time back. He was also having a meal in the bottle. He was having soylent, which is better, right? So he said that his logic was that okay, it gives me the same amount of calories that I need, and I don't have to cook or I don't have to order in, right? It's just easy. You go like get a bottle from the fridge and you have your meal. What is your view on that? Because Mohit was very pro soylent, right? So I did a comparison between soylent and Yule, and uh, you know the commonly available uh, meal replacement shakes that are there in the market. So hmm. see, for a person who's got a very busy schedule, uh, it's okay to have a meal replacement maybe you know twice or thrice in a week. But so let's say soylent is there. So one bottle I think is around four hundred calories, and the fat content is twenty-four. So literally fifty percent of your total calories are coming from fat. And you know what I mean. And uh, there is a major portion of maltodextrin which goes into you know creating those thinners in these drinks. There is a texture. There is a body. 
so is maltodextrin good it's not good whether it's solving the purpose for you so it's okay as you know an exigency when you are on the go you don't have time you don't want to junk on a bag of chips and you want to take a break from the rigmarole of cooking every day uh, see cooking need not be very complicated if you just do your prep work properly it can be you know as simple as you know just stir frying some vegetables it's not that complicated but i understand you know if if you're a if you're a single person or you know you both are let's say you have a partner and you're working and you want to take a break so twice or thrice in a week i would say twice in a week it's okay but you should be reading the label you should be very very aware and conscious about the total calories you just see the calorie part you have to come down and see ki acha how much carb is there how much fat is there so what is the percentage contribution of the uh, fat towards the calorie is it for 100 grams or is it per serving size that's also very very critical we don't see the serving size we just see you know what is written for 100 grams or in a bottle what is the typical serving size we have to be very conscious about all these things so you know let's say you pick up a, a tub of ice cream and it says per serving 120 calories but what is one serving it's 30 grams 40 grams and we land up you know eating half the tub and we are in our minds happy that we have only eaten 120 calories today we will run tomorrow and we will balance it out i think actually no we were also doing some research uh, last week on uh, you know on this topic where we were actually checking protein bars and uh, i think it was protein bars right karan what we were looking at and then we realized that uh, a lot of these brands are marketing as uh, uh, total protein content is is a set of 12 bars Um, See, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was so crazy, man. Didn't register where this other doctor said that it's not possible. Can you go and check if it's? I mean, go and check on back of the product, right? And it's only then you know that oh, it only has this much protein. But all over their website, their marketing collateral, everywhere, it says X amount of protein if you have this. Yeah. Yeah, but that is that divided by twelve. Like if you are buying a pack exactly. of palm oil, yeah. So let's say it says eat 20 grams divided by 12 with hardly anything. You might as well exactly, yeah. And most of these uh, ready-to-drink convenience, uh, you know, meal replacement shakes will have a lot of, like I said, maltodextrin. So obviously, is there. Then you have these sweeteners. You know, you will have fructose, you will have sucralose, which basically, you know, gives you uh, yep. gives you that flavor of a sweetener. at the same time you know you think that i have not had any any sweet or uh, any uh, uh, you know food that has given me a calorie composition because of the sweetness in it and you land up overeating because of that so you have to be very conscious about what is the sweetener which is added in that it it will say uh, apple juice concentrate apple juice concentrate is nothing but you know apple juice dehydrated in such a form that it's only left with pure fructose which doesn't reflect in the total sugars which is there in the label so it's very very critical to read the food label it's extremely critical i i think there is a topic about food label so there are certain things that uh, you know i'll give you as ready tips how to decipher a food label yes i'd be super curious to learn more about that because i'm like a major food label junkie like that's all i'm doing in supermarkets so the first and the foremost uh, the most important thing about a food label is you have to be very conscious about the serving size don't just look at the total calorie which is there you have to be extremely conscious about what is the serving size that 
you know that particular food product is claiming for whatever nutrients it delivers to you secondly what is the split uh, of carbohydrates fats and proteins just don't look at the total calorie it can say zero sugar but what is the you know uh, whether that calorie is coming from fat whether that calorie is coming from protein and what is the source of it how do you see the source the source is in the ingredient list always remember the first uh, you know three ingredients make 70 to 80% of any food that is any processed food so let's say if i'm selling you a, a you know loaf of i say a whole grain multi seed bread okay whole grain multi seed bread you flip the pack uh, see the ingredients the first word would be refined flour the second word would be something else the third one would be whole wheat that means the quantum of whole wheat in this entire you know combination is hardly anything but for marketing and branding and claim purpose they claim that it's a high it's a high fiber or a whole wheat kind of a combination if the first word says whole wheat that means it is whole wheat the majority of the composition in this particular bread is whole wheat but if nuts are coming like somewhere down the line 8th 9th 10th order mein then you know it's just claims don't go by claims in fact uh, this was a part of my phd research also you know how does a food label changes the perception of an individual a consumer who's already into healthy eating so there were there were like three or four bags of breakfast cereals uh, with identical nutrition label one was very very premium which was your uh, your uh, kellogg's uh, no added sugar it had nothing the pack was absolutely blank with a bowl of breakfast cereal bada bada in red font they had written no added sugar it was around 1.5 times more expensive than the conflicts the nutrition label was absolutely the same everybody went for that you know everybody made uh, because they flipped the label they 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 thought they are seeing something they just saw the total calories and they saw the no added sugar wherein they didn't see that there is a huge amount of fructose which is going in there there is a huge amount of sucralose which is going so anything with o's is sugar in the in the food you know when some something says all or o's that means it is it is a derivative of sugar which is uh, acting as a sweetener in that particular product it's you know just a fancy way of writing sugar <laughs> so these claims tend to fool like you said you know for the protein bars the total protein was for 12 grams 12 bars so you yes. have to be very conscious about what the ingredients are and what is the contribution of these ingredients for the total uh, nutrition value that the food is committing towards it actually happened to me this weekend i got a kellogg's uh, muesli bag uh, <laughs> because it looked very fancy so i said okay i'm going to stop eating bread and i'll try and have this for breakfast um, i got it i sent that photo to a friend and then you know then she sent me the picheka label and then she's like this has uh, some 20 grams of sugar per serving i would rather have a cookie than have this <laughs> And I'm like, oh, seriously. <laughs> and you know, it plays on your psyche because had you not known, you would have thought that I have eaten a lot of healthy food. I can indulge today. Yeah, you know. I, yeah. And claims like light, claims like fat-free are all junk. Matlab, don't even touch something that which says fat-free. You might as well have butter rather than having a fat-free butter. Okay. Uh, you know uh, there is nothing called fat free butter or a light butter imagine the kind of processing that product must have gone through to remove the inherent characteristic that it normally has 
and it must be supplemented with something else to give it the same texture so you might as well you know have butter on your bread rather than having a margarine or a super light or a fat free butter there's nothing called fat free butter butter can never be fat free there is something you know very dubious about it then so stay away from these claims <laughs> got it absolutely yeah it's like it's like you know you can pretty much empty half the supermarket by this logic right like there's nothing really to buy there <laughs> you just go buy like like five things and go back yeah, there, there, really there, there are some really good products um you just have to you know get on to that knack of creating that filter system you should know how to turn just look at the ingredient first three ingredients that's all if it has more than 10 ingredients don't touch it it has to be clean eating there are processed foods which are you know clean like corn flakes is there or you know if you go with a muesli which is unsweetened there are variants but then you if you go for high fiber fruit loops which is colored and all that means it's crap there i mean processed food oh my god sorry question oh my god that's my love लेबल्स uh look for uh, the top 3 ingredients and Correct. the split so, between carbs fat, fat gives you 9 kilocalories fat and carbo uh, protein and carbs give you 4 so if it says 10 grams of fat that means it's simple 90 kilocalories and if it's a 100 calorie product that means 90 calories are coming from fats so it's 494 4. carbohydrates give you 4 fats give you 9 protein so, gives you 4 got it uh one qu- question i i always have in my head is so all of these values and grams are based on like the average adult right uh, i don't know what the average adult uh, weight and height and everything is but for different people it varies as to how many calories they consume like a bigger person so these, a smaller person a shorter person so these are average uh, values all the variances you, and standard deviations right. have been kept in mind and that's how they derive at an average value now in order to get your particular specification okay. you'll have to do you know individual assessment but by default the majority of the population falls within this bracket speaking of process also, also uh, one more thing that i wanted to add trans fat is something which is very very critical so trans fat is something uh, which you should always see if anything and it's mandatory by the government be it fssai in india and usda there uh you have to mention if you know if the product has trans fat they have to declare trans so normally people say that 0% trans fat so trans fat is something which basically uh, uh, you know how when you reheat oil that's why we say na don't reuse the oil when you know when you go to these telawalas you have samosas and all that stuff they keep reheating the oil so it alters the makeup of the oil and basically it's uh, in layman's word i'll explain it to you in the body it uh, you know kind of goes and deposits itself in all the arteries and is the leading cause of any cardiovascular disease so trans fat is the most you know is the worst of the lot so it's 
all the foods mandatory by the government should have zero trans fat if they have they have to declare in bold that we have trans fats got it oh yeah i i thanks for that because i've never understood what trans fat is and what it does i just know that it it's mimics, it's, it mimics cholesterol in the body basically it it simply mimics cholesterol in the body hey there thanks for listening to the podcast we hope you gained some insights on how to live and eat healthy with dr varuna this is part 1 of 2 so stay tuned for the second part where we discuss more about nutrition with dr varuna we figure out what's in our fridge and she shares some hacks to eat healthy as always we hope you like this video we look forward to your comments on social media please subscribe to the boiled egg podcast wherever you listen to your podcast we are on itunes spotify google podcast pocket cast and various other popular platforms This episode has been edited and mixed by Sakshim Hastu of Hastu Studios. We are at Boiled Egg Pod on Instagram and Twitter. All our episode artwork is by the talented Renu. You can follow Renu on Instagram at ray underscore ngk. That's it for this time, folks. Catch you in the next one. Till then, take care. Stay safe. Thank you.